0: Life Audio. Are you tired of the communication problems in your relationship? Don't you wish there was some sort of a cheat sheet that could help you to learn how to de-escalate arguments quickly? Well, friend, I have just the resource for you. I've created a resource called Heart to Heart Conversation Starters for Couples in Conflict. This is not only going to help you to de-escalate those arguments, but it's also going to help you learn how to stop pointing fingers and find common ground. Get your free guide today at danashe.com forward slash conversation starters. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash conversation starters. Be on your way today to better communication in your relationship. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk. I am your host, Dana Shea, and I am so happy that you are here on the podcast with me today. If you are listening to this episode in real time, you know that we just celebrated Christmas. So, Merry belated Christmas to you all. I hope that it was a great day, a restful day, a fun day. I don't know what your family traditions are, but I hope that you just really took some time to just enjoy really the meaning of this whole season. So, today, y'all, I am bringing to you a sweet repeat. That's my way of saying it's a replay because, let's be honest, this is Christmas week and I am not working at all. So, while you are listening to this podcast... I am probably sleeping in or making something with my family or doing something um, that's not work-related. So today's episode is a sweet repeat on an episode that we did back in February of 2022, and it was the episode called, If You Work It, It Will Work!, and I love this episode so much, you guys. There were so many nuggets. I went back and I re-listened to it, which is that weird? Like I go back and re-listen to my podcast episodes and I'm like, dang, that is some knowledge that you are spitting right there. I'm like taking notes like it's the first time I've ever thought about these things. But the truth of the matter is I believe everything that I share with you guys is really God's wisdom. So I mean, I can really give him the credit for it. It's not even like just coming from me and my own thoughts. But as I listened to that episode, there was so many nuggets, you guys, that I was like, I have got to re-air this episode because I want you all to glean from what I shared. So if you listen to this podcast, you know that we end every show by saying a good relationship isn't one that works. It's one where you put in the work. And that word work can sometimes be misconstrued where people start to feel like, oh, it's such a drag. It's such a bore. I don't know if I'm going to put all that energy and effort into it. And so this conversation shapes that word a little bit. So I just have to tell you real quick one thing. I was like, I don't know if I actually Ever updated people? I was starting to talk about my computer files being lost. You'll hear that in just a few minutes. I got my computer files back. Okay, so praise the Lord. Everything is well. And I'm just so grateful to be able to bring to you this episode a sweet repeat. It will work if you work it. Enjoy. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shay. Hey, hey, what's up everybody? It's Dana Shea and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. We are at episode 79, you all, and we have concluded our Shameless Sex series. And today, I'm bringing you an episode about if you work it, it will work. If you are an 80s baby like me, you grew up in the 90s, you probably remember the song Missy Elliott did work it, right? And there's a a lyric in that song that says, is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flipping and reversing. Right? She came up with all that before Rihanna did but (laughs) whenever I hear that song I always think about marriage for some reason I don't know I think in love and relationships all the time, and I often wonder when people tell me or when they say things like, you know, my marriage didn't work, it just didn't work out, I always think about this song. Like, if you work it, it will work. So today we are going to talk all about that. But before we get into that, I just really want to catch up with you guys, kind of let you know about some things that's been going on in my life, and then we'll get into today's episode. So first and foremost, y'all, my computer died. I know, I almost cried because that computer was gifted to me by Sean about five years ago, and it's a really nice MacBook Pro, and I thought Macs lasted forever, right? Like I'm like, they're virus-free, and they're going to last until Jesus comes back. However, that is not the case. And so last week, in the middle of editing a podcast, you guys, the thing just died. So I got on the phone with Apple Care, and they're trying to figure it out. They couldn't figure it out, so I had to take it to the Apple Store the next day. They couldn't figure it out. So it is in the hands of a very trusted friend and computer genius, and we are both interceding together that he can restore my files. I had some podcast episodes on there that I have not yet released, and so that broke my heart. And then, you guys, I'm in the process of writing a book, and yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking. I know. I have been shamed all week. I know I should have backed up my files. And this is the crazy thing. I actually have a one terabyte hard drive, external hard drive that sits right beside my computer every single day. And I don't know why. I I, I just think I thought, oh, I'll back up those files later. I also have iCloud. <laughs> so it's not for lack of having the proper equipment, right? And this is, I mean, I literally just thought about this. In marriage, sometimes we have the equipment, we have the tools, we have the resources, we know what to do, we just don't do it, and then our marriages die. And this is why it's so important that we not only be hearers of the word, right, as James tells us, the book of James, but that we also be doers. And so y'all pray for me. Pray that I get my files back and that we can continue to do what God has put on my heart to do. So secondly, I just want to let you guys know we, as in me and Sean, had an absolute full weekend of love. Depending on when you're listening to this episode, we just celebrated Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day actually is one of my favorite holidays. And it's not just because I'm married and love to spend that time with my husband, but it's Really fun for me to read through social media posts of other people celebrating their relationships, looking at other people who are in it to win it. And I love scrolling through and looking at how people started and how they are now, how far they've come. And so Sean and I, for the first time, got to minister together at a marriage retreat for my church's network pastors. So uh, there are several pastors all over the country who came together. We went to a beach house in Nags Head, North Carolina. And Sean and I ministered alongside our senior pastor and another couple. And it was absolutely amazing. It was so great to see Sean just really kind of come out of his shell. If you've listened to podcast episodes with Sean um, or if you know him personally, you know that he is not like an upfront guy. He doesn't love the camera. He doesn't love the microphone. But when he speaks, and he doesn't speak a lot, so when he does speak he has something profound to say. And it was an absolute blast, joy, answer to prayer to minister alongside of him. And then we actually hosted the XO Marriage Conference at our church The weekend before Valentine's Day. And so that was um, also just a treat. And we worked alongside an amazing team. And so we are absolutely exhausted. (laughs) It's been a week of pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. But this is what we love to do. This is what I especially feel called to do, because I know that there are so many couples who are struggling And so it's absolutely my joy to be able to use some of the experiences that the Lord has allowed us to have and some of the knowledge that we have garnered along the way to be able to help other marriages to thrive. So let me read to you guys a really sweet podcast review that came in through my website. And it's interesting, whenever I get like these reviews either on social media or through my website, I'm always like, thank you so much, but why don't people actually just review it on Apple Podcasts? and duh, everybody doesn't use Apple Podcasts. I was looking at my podcast stats, and actually, most of you listen to this podcast on Spotify. And so if you're listening on Spotify, whoop, whoop, thank you so much. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, amazing. Um, if you're listening on Google Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever podcasts are played, you will find Real Relationship Talk. You might not know this, but you can even tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, Play Real Relationship Talk, and she will play all the episodes for you. So I'm going to read to you guys this review. It says, Hey, Dana, my wife likes to listen to your podcast. She asked me to listen to episode 76, the one that you did on why women won't initiate sex. She said that you expressed her heart perfectly and said what she hasn't been able to say to me. I have since become a podcast listener, and I really appreciate your honesty. Thanks for not bashing men the way some other so-called marriage experts do. Keep up the good work, young lady. You're making a difference. George in L.A. So, George, thank you so much for that really sweet review. I really appreciate it. And the majority of my podcast listeners are women, but there are a lot of men who listen to this podcast. And so for the guys out there, for the fellas, you have my promise that I will never bash you because that's not what it's about. It's about us learning together, growing together to be the couples that we were intended and purposed to be. All right, you guys. Well, without any further ado, I want to go ahead and jump into the meat of our podcast episode today. If you work it, it will work. Now, you guys have all heard people say marriage is work, marriage is hard work. And this is the deal marriage is work, it does take effort. One of the speakers at the EXO conference that we just attended said the way that you spell love, the universal way that you spell love is effort. And that really stuck with me because the truth of the matter is that anything that we value, we put in effort. If you have a job and you're trying to move up the ladder, right, in your company, or if you own a business, or if you're a mom or a parent and you love your children, you will put in the effort to see those kids thrive. You will put in the effort to see your yourself grow as an employee or as an entrepreneur. Unfortunately, when it comes to marriage, though, for some reason, people think that they don't have to really put in the same level of effort. We've believed this lie that just because we love somebody, that marriage should just kind of come easily. It should just come naturally. But you all, there is nothing natural about dying to yourself every single day, preferring your spouse over yourself, killing your own selfishness, and choosing to love another person when they are not worthy of love, in your opinion. That is not natural, nor is it easy. That takes a lot of effort. It takes a ton of intentionality, and it takes a lot of focus. And so I just really want to dispel this whole myth that just because you love somebody, it's going to come easy. Someone told me not too long ago, they said, you know, I don't want to be married anymore because it shouldn't be this hard. And I get it, but I also don't get it. Like, I I want to ask that person, like, what did you think was going to happen when you got married? Now, should you be happy in marriage? Obviously, yes. Nobody wants to be depressed and despondent their whole relationship. I am not suggesting that when you get married, you shouldn't be happy. What I am saying, though, is that the state of your marriage, the circumstances that surround your marriage, should not be the determining factor of whether you, as an individual, are a fulfilled or a happy person. The other thing that I want to say is, you know, we're talking about effort and what does that look like? And just like if you want to lose weight, Or if you want to gain weight, right, there's like bodybuilders and they put so much effort into what they eat, what time of day they eat. They count their macros, right? They they are very serious about their nutrition. They know exactly what schedule they're going to work out. They know what specific weights they're going to do that day. There's a lot of thought and intentionality and planning that goes into their success. Likewise, if you want to lose weight, same thing, right? You got to know what to eat, when to eat, how many calories do you need to eat, what exercises you're going to do. We know that drinking lots of water and getting enough sleep, all of that plays into whether you're going to be successful in your weight gaining or in your weight loss goals. If you were to ask the average married person, what specific things are you doing to be a success in your marriage? I guarantee you most of them would look at you with a blank stare. Because we don't think in terms of intentionality when we think of what's going to keep our marriages thriving. A lot of times we know kind of the general things to do, like, okay, I'm not gonna cheat on my spouse. I need to forgive them. I need to make sure that I'm coming home at a decent time. I need to make sure I'm contributing to the household. Like, we think in in terms like that. But most of us don't have a specific plan of action as to what we are going to do to make our marriages flourish. And that's what I wanna talk about today. If you have a plan to succeed, you will succeed. You all have probably heard the saying that says most people don't plan to fail. They f- fail to plan, right? And that's what happens when, when someone's married for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and they say, this just isn't working out. I always want to say, tell me the work that you did. Like, show me the work that you did. And then we'll be able to talk about if this quote didn't work out. Because guess what? If you work it, it will work. So what should your plan look like? First of all, and if you have something to jot these things down with, go ahead and jot them down. I'm going to kind of spit out rapid fire, okay? First of all, you need to know what your purpose of being together is. This is, you need to have a vision for your marriage. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you'll abuse it every single time. If I if I have an ink pen sitting right here, right? If I give a toddler an ink pen and I say, take this pen to a two-year-old, they don't know what a pen is supposed to do. So they'll eat it, they'll put it in their mouth, they might stick it in an electrical socket, they might try to break it because they don't understand the purpose of that writing instrument. Well, guess what, my friends? If you don't know the purpose of marriage, you too will abuse it or misuse it. I believe the purpose of marriage is so that we can display to the world the love of God to his church. That's what the Bible says, right? If you're a Christian, hopefully you know that, that marriage is an illustration of Jesus's love for his church. But beyond that, I also believe that marriage is God's tricky little discipleship tool to make us more like himself. So when you're going through things in your marriage that are rubbing you the wrong way, when you're being um, confronted with your own selfishness, when you are having all of those buttons pushed in your life, when you're quote unhappy, right? God uses all of those things in order to make us more like himself. And so oftentimes what couples will do is because that is uncomfortable to have your buttons pushed, it is uncomfortable to be in conflict with people, they will push away the very one that God designed to make them more like himself. So you have to know what is the purpose of us being together. If the purpose of you being together is so you can have a cute Instagram page, if the purpose of you being together is so that you don't feel guilty about having sex outside of marriage, if the purpose of you being together is so that you won't be alone, if the purpose of you being together is so that you can be happy, your marriage is not going to succeed because your purpose isn't big enough. So if you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse it. So number one, you need to know what is the purpose for this marriage. Number two, you need to know yourself. You can't truly love someone else until you love yourself. Whitney Houston had a song years ago that said, uh, it's the greatest love of all, right? Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. Well, I believe that learning to love someone else is actually the greatest love of all, but you can't really love someone else until you first learn how to love yourself. This is why Jesus tells us that we need to love our neighbors the way that we love ourselves. It's kind of assumed that you're going to love yourself, right? We don't need to take workshops on how to love ourselves. We do that naturally. We love ourselves naturally. And I know you might be thinking, well, you know, I struggle with depression or I struggle with self-worth or self-identity. And my heart goes out to you if that is your story. But also understand that the majority of people struggle with those things because they realize they're not treated in a way that is worthy or right, or they realize that they have fallen short of where they naturally should be for themselves. So we kind of come out of the womb knowing how to love ourselves. When that baby screams at two o'clock in the morning, they're not thinking about loving their parents. They're thinking about what? Themselves, their own needs. We all come out of the womb with our own needs in mind. Selfish, really. And so we don't have to learn how to love ourselves. We know how to do that. What we need to do is to learn how to appreciate the people that God has created us to be. So when I say you need to learn to love yourself, you need to learn who you are. You need to learn what triggers you. You need to learn what makes you tick. You need to learn what makes you happy. What do you enjoy? I'm working with a couple right now and I asked the husband, I said, tell me some things that you actually enjoy what are some things that you like to do? And he was like, I don't even know. That, my friends, is someone who has spent all of their time and energy focused on other people, and he forgot about himself. So get back in touch with yourself. Ask yourself, who am I? What is my individual purpose? Because guess what, you guys? We do have a purpose together as married couples, but you also have a purpose as an individual. And so you need to figure that out, because if you don't truly know yourself, then you're not going to be able to truly know your spouse. So that's the second thing. Get in touch with who you are. Number three, now you need to learn to love your spouse. You need to learn their love languages. And I said languages, because many of us have more than just one love language. So when you first get married, you might think, oh my gosh, my spouse loves to spend so much time with me. Their love language must be quality time. And really, that's probably not their number one love language. Maybe their number one love language is acts of service. But if you don't study your spouse, if you don't learn your spouse and continue to learn your spouse, because who we are when we first get married is probably not who we're going to be 20 years down the road. So you have to continue to learn your spouse. You have to continue to get to know them. You have to study them like a book. You know, again, going back to effort, right? Think about when where we were 20 years ago. Most of us had just kind of been introduced to the Internet. Most of us were just kind of getting in touch with technology, you know. So we had a lot to learn. In 20 years, we've come a long way. But what happens in marriage is that sometimes people get married and they never keep learning about their spouse. They don't brush up on those communication skills. They don't ask those right questions. And so their marriages become obsolete, just like technology 20 years ago is now obsolete. So you have to put in that effort to learn your spouse and to learn how to love your spouse. If your spouse is always angry or your spouse is always irritable or your spouse is always depressed, then those are clues to you to ask those questions. Sean and I, like I said, we've had a really, really busy week, right? And so we were in the kitchen talking last night, and he was sharing some things with me, and I listened to him, and I'm listening to what he's saying, and I'm watching his body language and all of that, right? And my follow-up question to him was, how can I support you better? How can I support you in this? That's a loving question. It's not when your spouse tells you something. It's not up to you to decode everything that they're trying to say and for you to try to fix it. What you need to ask is, how can I love you better? How can I love you in this area? How can I support you? So learn how to love your spouse and stay learning. Keep up with your continuing education, right? Keep up with that. Don't just let it go because you think, I've known this person since I was 15 years old. Yeah, I know them. No, you don't. You really don't. Because we all grow and we all change and we all evolve. And so you need to continue to get to know your spouse. Okay, that's number three. All right, number four is you need to have some goals. Like hashtag marriage goals, right? So we know I talked about number one, you need to know the purpose of your marriage. But then you also need to know where you're going. You need to have some goals, a vision for where you want to be. What are some goals that you have in your marriage? And I'm not talking about like, oh, we want to go to Australia in five years. Like, that's great. But what do you want your marriage to reflect? So for us, both of us come from broken homes, right? My mom is twice divorced. Sean's mom and and biological dad never married. And so he has a stepdad. But there's brokenness on all sides of our family, as is in yours. And so what we wanted to do was we want to create a marriage that our kids love. We want to be able to create a marriage that our kids can refer back to and say, I want a marriage like my parents. And y'all, that takes some work. So what are some goals that you have in your marriage? And if you're thinking, well, we want to pay off our debt. We want to send our kids through college. Those are great. Those are great family goals to have. But I'm talking about just you and your spouse. What are some goals that you want to have in your marriage. Write those down. Go on what some people call a vision retreat, where you talk about the vision of your marriage, where you talk about what are some goals, what are some things that we're going to set. One of the things that Sean and I learned from this EXO Marriage Conference that we just attended, there was a couple that talked about on every anniversary, they go away for three days, and it's not like a celebratory trip. It's a business trip right? Just the two of them. And day one, they give thanks for all the things that God has brought them through the past year. That's what they do on day one. Two, they they spend time alone, right? This is their anniversary trip, but they spend some time alone on that second day to think about what do they need to improve upon individually? Where do they want to see themselves as individuals? And then on day three, they talk about where they want to go, So this is like their vision retreat part, right? They talk about what are some things that we want to do in our marriage to move ourselves forward. And I just think it's great. So I I wrote it down and I kind of tapped Sean and I was like, we need to do this. This is a great idea. Whether you do that on your anniversary or another time, maybe Valentine's Day, whenever, it's really important. You guys, again, I'm talking about effort here. It's really important to take some time to think about where do you want to go. And then the fifth thing, we're talking about if you work it, it will work. You need to understand that just like everything in life, you have to receive feedback. If you're going to grow, you have to receive feedback. So every time I preach, I always ask for feedback from someone who I feel like they're a better preacher than me. Why? Because I might think it was great. I might be like, that was the best sermon ever. But I need to. I need honest feedback. I'm not looking for flattery. I'm looking for somebody to tell me, you know, when you transition from this point to this point, that could have been a little bit tighter. Your story kind of didn't connect with that specific point that you're trying to make. I'm looking for feedback like that. When you are married, you also need feedback. This might be where you have that mentor couple to be able to give you honest feedback in your marriage where they are studying you and they're looking at your responses and they're going to give you their honest assessment of where you are in your marriage. They're going to say, you know, I've been noticing when your wife speaks to you, you never look at her. You need to fix that. Or I've been noticing when your husband is telling stories, you you never laugh at his jokes. You know, you need to do that. Whatever it is, right? This mentor couple can speak into you. And then listen, don't forget about getting feedback from your spouse. That's probably the best person to get feedback from because they live with you every day. Now, this takes some vulnerability. It takes some humility because our natural inclination when someone corrects us is to get defensive, And then to offer excuses because we don't want to be misunderstood and we don't want to be looked at as like a bad person. And you all, this is not about being a bad person. It's not about looking bad. It's about learning and getting feedback so that you can do better. I'm probably someone who is always on this path of self-improvement, you know, and that can be a blessing and it can be a curse because as you all know, we're our own worst critics, right? And so there will be times that I might do something like amazingly, but for me, it's like, dang. I got an A- minus on that. What could I have done to get an A+. plus? Like, that literally is the kind of student that I was. In college, I, I made straight A's throughout college. I will tell you something, that when my professors would give me my grade back, and if I got, like, a 96, I'd be like, where are my four points? Like, a 96 is good, but, like, I genuinely want to know why I didn't get 100. Why? Because I want to fix it so that next time I can get 100. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, my Lord. Like, that <laughs> that is a bit much. And, yeah, it is. That's why I said it's a blessing and it's a curse. But my point is, is this, if you do not elicit feedback from those around you, then you will never fully grow into all that you can be as a spouse. So ask your spouse, babe, am I loving you well? Hey, you know, I've been trying to get better about really loving you and the way that you want to be loved. How am I doing with that? Hey, babe, how are my responses to you when you say something? Do you feel seen by me? Do you feel cherished or loved by me? And listen, guys, I know I'm using some words that you're like, I'm never gonna ask my wife if she feels cherished. Just work with me, okay? Come up with your own language that feels natural to you. But the point is, is that you have to get feedback if you're going to succeed. So is marriage work? Absolutely. Is it hard work? It can be. But understand that nothing worth having is gonna come without effort. Every single thing that we have in life comes because of effort. If you want to pay off all your debt, that means you are going to have to say no to spending and yes to saving. If you want, again, that six-pack stomach, like I'm like, I gotta get my six-pack, you know, I I gotta work this thing out. Well, guess what? That means saying no to sweets. I love sweets, but I can't have sweets and have a six-pack. And I know some of you guys that like have a six-pack and you eat whatever you want. Your metabolism is through the roof. Mine is not, so leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. My point is, is that everything that we have, you guys, it comes with effort and your marriage is no different. So if you work it, it will work. All right. I hope that this has been a blessing and an encouragement for you. You guys, you can do this. You can do it. I want to look every single one of you in your face right now and tell you that you have what it takes to have a successful, thriving marriage. You have what it takes. Maybe you need to write that down, create an affirmation and tell yourself that every single day. Speak that over your spouse. For those of y'all who are struggling, for those of you guys who are like, this is not what I signed up for. You need to start speaking God's truth out of your mouth. You have what it takes. You have the right equipment. You have resources all around you, but you got to work it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. I love and appreciate all of you. We will have the show notes up on the Real Relationship Talk website. So all you have to do is head over to realrelationshiptalk.com. And if I can encourage you to share this podcast with others, I love when I run into random people, like people I don't even know. And they're like, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, yay. And I know that they only found it because someone shared it with them. So be sure to share these episodes with someone, just like George in LA, who we heard about at the beginning of the podcast episode. His wife shared the podcast episodes with him. If you're in a marriage where you might not have the community, communication communication tools that you feel like you have, one of the best things to do is take a car ride, listen to the podcast episodes in the car, and sometimes I'm going to say maybe what you're trying to say or maybe what your spouse is trying to say. So the OG show notes were actually realrelationshiptalk.com slash episode 79. But I'm going to add a couple of new things to the show notes for today. So I want to encourage you to head on over to realrelationshiptalk.com slash 201. And those will be the updated show notes. And of course, I'll link to all of the things that I talked about in the episode in those show notes. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you all. So glad that you're on this journey with me I hope that you have an incredible week and let's say it together a good relationship is not one that works a good relationship is one where you put in the work let's get to work my friends I'll see you on the next episode take care wow you stayed all the way to the end you my friend are the real MVP thanks again for listening to real relationship talk the show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com have you subscribed to the podcast yet If not, be sure to do that now. And may your relationships be uncomplicated as you build deeper connections. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.